Cape of Cool podcast, iteration five. From the lands of Western Canada, God save the Queen. Welcome to this week from the Cave of Cool. From the lands of Western Canada, the Wakanda of the North, welcome to This Week from the Cave of Cool. I am Calvin Hyten. And I'm M.D. Jackson. And this is our episode about Queen. We're not talking about Her Majesty the Queen, we're talking about the band, Queen. But we could talk about Her Majesty, and I'm sure she's a big fan of the genius created by four gentlemen, Freddie Mercury, Brian May, Roger Taylor, and John Deacon. Because of the release of the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, we're doing a show focusing mostly on the band Queen and their music. One of the best bands ever. Really a soundtrack of my life. And if I could choose one band with the strongest uh, discography, it would be this band, Queen. Listen to the music. We're going to have fun. Hey, Cal. Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool. What's that all about? Well, it's my dream. It's my goal. It's my life. It's everything that is cool in this world. I've been doing it for 10 years, past 42,000 posts. I post several times a day. Anything cool and, and awesome that I find on the Internet, including my review, my latest review for Bohemian Rhapsody, which I've already seen, thanks to my friend Yuri in Minsk. So we'll be talking about that today. But the Cave of Cool, it is your source for everything cool on the Internet. And how do I find the Canadian Cave of Cool? Well, of course, as always, you go on to the Google and you type in Calvin's Canadian Cave of Coolness or just Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool or just Cave of Cool. And it will all come up number one or number two on the Google. Click on the link and be entertained. And especially now, this is our fifth podcast. I'm amazed that the, the podcast gods haven't already rewarded us with some kind of, you know, rookie of the year award. I realize the year is not done yet and some kid from Slovenia might come out and uh, with a better podcast than ours, but I just can't see it happening. I can't see it either. We're four misfits who don't belong together. They're playing for other misfits. And the outcasts right at the back of the room. We're pretty sure they don't belong either. We belong to them. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. The Queen biopic has just been released this week. This week, yeah. Just this weekend, released in theaters. You've seen it. Oh, of course. Advanced reviews have been mixed. Mixed, got like 34% and things like that. And, and people are saying that, you know, be, it, of course it's sanitized because there are, you know, two of the band members had a lot to do with the making of the movie and they had a lot of control over the script and stuff. But, you know, what do you want to see, right? Do you want to see him in these, you know, bacchanalia orgies and and all his drug fueled behavior? No, you see the aftermath of that. You see how these events kind of affect him and change his life, and and you know, and how confused he was already to begin with as an individual, mm-hmm. as a creative individual, as a genius. Um, all that he had going on inside him—that's what made him so great—is what came out. Mm-hmm. And it's usually your most creative people that are are the more uh, messed up inside. Yeah. You know, and they they hate themselves and they beat up on themselves more than the world ever could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of the things that I this really came through in the movie and gives me a lot of compassion. And because I remember those times, man, I remember Live Aid. I remember staying up for two days mm-hmm. and watching all the groups. And I remember when Queen came out and the magic that that was and how everybody just was uh, into it and there and 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 woke and it was and, and you know and he had AIDS. 
you know, when uh, it was kind of a, a you know, was a death sentence and celebrities were not um, revealing they had AIDS. Because and, he, look and he denied it for a long time. Despite, oh, for a long time. He denied his homosexuality rumors. for a long time. Yeah. But that's when, it. it was the 70s, right? You know, and, and, and the early 80s, yeah. Guys who are on the cover of, you know, teen magazines, you know, you, you don't, you know, back then you don't want to. Yeah. You know, exactly. exactly. On the cover of the Rolling Stone, you don't want to. Back then, you're just like, no, we don't want to. Nowadays, it's like it doesn't matter, whatever. I mean, how but long did then, Leif Garrett coast on being on Tiger Beat, right? What yeah. kind of who? What what career did Leif Garrett really ever have, right? I don't remember. Do you? I remember David Cassidy was in the Partridge Family, had yes. a few songs, and one I really like. Yeah. So I can get David Cassidy. Yeah. But Leif Garrett, he, he's never, he was a cover. He was a cover boy. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he's still living. And how do you live being Leif Garrett from where you were? I mean, that's you know, it, it, it's like I always thought Shatner should have killed himself after Star Trek because where do you go from there? Oh but no, come on. He, he did no, but he did yeah. okay. I was wrong about him. Okay, well, but I was not wrong about Leif Garrett. I was gonna say, I mean, despite the Barbary Coast, Shatner had an okay career. Yeah, yeah, this wall. Yeah, I mean, say and, what you and, want about T.J. Hooker, but you know, hey, the man jumped over a hell of a lot of hood, hoods of cars. That, exactly. You know, you can't credit. you can't sneeze at a career like that. Did you ever see the SNL when he was, of course, not the famous one where he tells all the, the Star Trek geeks, uh, get a to, life. you ever kissed a girl? Yeah, get a life. Do you ever kiss a girl? You know, that, that's harsh. Yeah. Uh, but did you ever see when they did the TJ Hooker, um, uh, spoof? He's on the hood of the car for weeks, right? <laughs> they go through snow. It's the desert. You know, it, there's a parade goes by and he's still on the hood of the car, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to get the guy to, to stop it, right? <laughs> so that was a good joke right. for, you know the time, but he always thought that. And then, of course, he comes back with Boston Legal, right? I know Boston Legal was fantastic. He was fantastic in that. Another really great one too. I agree. So yes, yeah, so uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I thought and, it was. And uh, before we get for, get any further, I, I should mention that our music director Francis has said that we are not to play the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, why? Why is it banned? It's been overplayed. That's what she says. She says, "Nope, there's so many other good songs. Bohemian Rhapsody denied." We're, we're oh. not playing Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, well, that's all right, because it's in the movie. It's in the movie, um, yeah. It's in the movie. And I know people actually, out there are thinking, you know, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> what the hell? Is this, is this, are, are you crazy? Is this the real life? <laughs> it was just fantasy. Who yes. knows? Is this just fantasy? <laughs> and if she does play it, you know, at the end you'll go, yeah, I didn't listen to it one more time. Right? She was right all along. Why did I fight it? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Yeah. Right? Why there was are it so the many good, There are so many good songs. And I'm oh. assuming the song. Now, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm assuming yeah. the songs are, 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 are a big part of the film. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. Big part. It sets you in the time. And actually, when you listen, after you've seen everything, when you listen on at Live Aid, he starts with with uh, the first half of Bohemian Rhapsody, and you listen to the words, and you start to go, "Whoa, this isn't nonsensical. This is about this guy. This is about Freddie Mercury." I'm just a cool it 
it's about the, his life and what the choices he made and what those choices got him. So you've um, seen all those choices, and then when you see him sing the song, it's like, oh, it all makes sense. Yeah, he saw the future. Yeah. He saw his own future mm-hmm. um, in a way. And it's, it's very, it was very poignant for me because I was a, a huge Queen fan. Everybody had their group as a kid. Uh, they were the ones, of course, that had Kiss, and I had no respect for them because, <laughs> because you know, you had to buy four of everything yeah. uh, with Kiss and four bad albums that each had one good song on it, mm-hmm. which, if you think about it, that was about as many good songs that were ever in a Kiss discography well, were okay. on the solo That's albums. True. And right? I, I have to admit, I was a big Kiss fan. I was well, too for the for the theatrics, the, the, but, when you, the, the, but the music the I never really enjoyed. The problem is the first album I ever bought of theirs because I was familiar with the other was the first album I actually bought was actually one of their crappier ones, and I never bought another one after that. But but which I do one, like their which ones. crappy one? Which crappy uh, one? Um, I you know I I can't remember the name of it. It had it had the, the only Love song God. I remember was two. I, they did a cover of Two Thousand Man. I, okay. I don't know. See, I, see, that's oh, a little I was I made know. for loving you. Was there? Was the big hit from that song, from that album? I can't remember what the album. Oh, was. was the, okay. So that was in the eighties. Yeah, it was in the eighties. Oh, that see, was but, when they. Re- yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was after they they released their solo albums. And, yeah, yeah, and, and they got and then, then we finally saw them without the makeup, and that was a little cachet too. You know, you never saw yeah. pictures of them because there was no internet, right? So they could get away with that kind of well, mystery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and but they were they're the classic. All, all show no go kind of kind of thing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, the people that really like them don't really know music, because um, mm. when I was a kid, like it just didn't do it for me. The Stones, okay. Um, things like Led Zeppelin, right? Led Zeppelin, right? People that were nuts for Led Zeppelin, eh? You know, I was like, oh, the, these songs are go for on forever, mm-hmm. and it's the same note forever, right? This is almost like jazz of rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? To me, and the only thing I liked about about uh, uh, Stairway to Heaven is if you were lucky enough in junior high. You could you would be dancing with somebody at the end of the night when they played that song, so you were dancing like for a half hour, yeah, right, you <laughs> with, with your girl. So that yeah. was you yeah. know that was the best thing. But if you didn't, then you were the loser who had to wait for your friends <laughs> to finish dancing before you could leave. So that song was either famine or or, or, or feast, it was either you know, feast or famine, yeah. But Queen was the real deal for me. It was too. Now, it was Queen, it, Queen uh, came uh, out of they came out of the the, the progressive rock tradition, the uh, a prog rock as we call it. Yes. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big fan of the prog rock bands. They were the big, flashy, and they were, they were, you, you know, larger than life, huge stage presence, right? You know, sequined outfits, all that kind of crap. But they could play the music. They, but, they were musicians. Yeah, they played their own music, mm-hmm. and they had their own, their own vision, and none so much like Queen. I mean, like the, the movie says, you know, you got three intellectuals, mm-hmm. and and one uh, 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 flamboyant. A genius, mm-hmm. and and what they put together. I mean, the way that they kind of respected each other's um, uh, abilities and and sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian May is absolutely uh, one of my my lifetime heroes. Just, well, you you want to talk about genius? Oh, I mean, Brian oh. May is actually and not many people know this. He is actually an astrophysicist. Yeah, he is, and he has actually co-authored a book uh, called "Bang: The History of the Universe." He's the uh, real deal, and in fact, when the when the uh, probe went to Pluto, he had a lot to do with that. Yeah, and in fact, he often brags that he's the one that kept Pluto in the solar system. Right? <laughs> well, him there you Neil, go. I've seen him and Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it, right? Yeah. And deGrasse Tyson says, "No, it's not right." But Brian May made a pretty good case for it, right? Yeah. And, and you're watching this, and you know this guy with this hair that he's had all his life. Yeah. Um, and of course, no guitar sounds like that. His father made him that guitar. At, there's no sound. No yeah. guitar makes no sound like his guitar. I was reading that that they actually built it to actually emphasize the feedback. 
That's right. And That's right. Like they, they built themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and and so when you listen to it, it, it you know it's Brian May, mm-hmm. and you know it's guitar licks, and they're so complicated. Like people talk about Mark Knopfler and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And and other people like Prince and and think people like that who had that kind of uh, ability to freeform like that. But Brian May was freeform but focused. You know, he mm-hmm. just he just has a a way of just uh, it, it, it's like the meat on an already meat sandwich, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, Roger Taylor was not just—he was—he was in dental school. You know, Roger Taylor is not some just dumb drummer, right? No, no. And they all contributed. I mean, Roger, Roger Taylor, and John Deacon—all of them wrote some of the songs. I mean, they're not. Many it's of the not songs. like all just yeah. one guy who wrote all the songs. They—they they actually all contributed. Right. And they all and, brought their uniqueness into this sort of group. Well, I love my car, right? <laughs> I'm in love with my car. There's even scenes in the movie where they they bring up like, "What's going to be our first single?" Right? I'm in love with my car was yeah. the one they wanted to release, <laughs> and and you just everyone's looking. You know, I'm looking at people and going, "Not I love with my car." Come on, so many better songs on the album, but it's all hindsight, right? Yeah, everything. 2020 hindsight. But when they're, and the scenes when they're doing the creation is really exciting, and I love the process of creation. Mm-hmm. It's why I can watch um um uh, Project Runway. Uh, again, for the personalities and people losing their freaking minds when they're put under stress. I love that. But um, I love the process of creation and coming up with something. And they were successful so long, and they adapted to the age of video, and they adapted to the times um, as much as maybe sometimes they didn't want to, but their their, their eyes were always forward. Mm-hmm. And the movie is just really, really good at that. I mean, I, I, I for a guy that loved Queen, it could only have let me down. Um, but it didn't. I was actually, I had tears in my eyes at points. Yeah. And Ryan Malik, I mean, if, if he doesn't get a Best Actor nomination, then yeah. it, they're not deserving. Rami Malik. Okay. Best yeah. known uh, is from the TV series Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, which I kind of passed on. It yeah. looked interesting, but it had Christian Slater in it, and he's, he's up and down with me. He's a mixed bag with me. Yeah. And he had a lot to, to produce it and stuff. And so I thought, eh. But then he, Ryan Malik won the Emmy for it. And I'm yeah. going, whoa, what am I missing here? Yeah. So it's on my list if I ever get around to it because I live again in the time golden. They call it the golden age. Mm-hmm. If it was a golden age, I would be able to watch shows at my at – that. Uh, I would not have shows in the hopper that I can't even start yeah. because I have other shows. I'm like yeah. those readers who have piles of books next to their bed yeah. and people look at it and you look at it. I can't – how, how do they live like that? At least I read the comic books that were piled next to me, right, yeah. that I made piles of. You know, and I just feel like right now I don't just humanly. I mean, I sleep as little as I possibly can because you know sleep is the devil, and and sleep is is for the weak. Yeah. Um, because it just takes my time that I could be watching <laughs> other things. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wish well, I could be like it in the Matrix. Just download, just download Mr. All Robot all. into my head. I'll wake up, go, I know Kung Fu, and I just know <laughs> Mr. Robot, right? Morpheus <laughs> will be there going. Tell me, <laughs> but again, it it's not an imitate. It is an imitation, mm-hmm. but it, it's not. He sells. But he, again, he inhabits I, the role. I've heard that. He, I've heard that he's the of all the reviews. His his you know he's the one who gets the most praise. Is Rami Malek as as uh, right. Mercury is is pretty spot on. As he should, because he, it is. It, he really is the center of. I mean, attention. they talk about the teeth, but I mean, really, he does inhabit the role. He does take it on. Yes, he does, and he actually t- says something very brilliant about the teeth. 
um, at the beginning. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's one of those things you go, oh, really? Oh, I get it now, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Freddie, why don't you get your teeth fixed? There's a very good reason for that, yeah. right? And it's not vanity. Okay. I haven't seen the movie uh, yet. Now, I, oh, okay. a caveat because I haven't. I know. Uh, you're one of those ones that can't say, I couldn't wait, so you, you know, can. I, I can because I don't like – I like to go see the movies in the theaters. don't like crowds. not a big fan of crowds, so I usually wait for Me the crowds to thin out. It's definitely on my list of movies to see. And so you would recommend it. Oh, definitely. So definitely. anyone out there who's cool. listening on the yeah. fence, go see definitely. it. Definitely. Go see it. Go see it. Uh, Ryan Malik again – uh, just from a look and things, you 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 get you get the pain that that Freddie Mercury lived. And again, like I said, um, all your great geniuses, I, I bet to a to a person, um, are have difficult uh, inner demons, you know. Yeah. And sometimes they feed the wrong demons. And and you got to figure it's a it's a difficult thing. I mean, you know, Mercury oh. was actually born in India from a Parsi right. family. Uh, on you know? on Zanzibar in Zanzibar yeah. of all things. Moved oh, that to, for a myth. Moved to England, you know, lived in you know. In Leicester or wherever he was in in, mm-hmm. in in England, you know, which is a very ethnic parents, yeah, who don't approve first of all of his flamboyancy or his mm-hmm. choices or yeah. you know any of his choices. Baba, just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger, now he's dead. But uh, you know he 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 took over the world with just mm-hmm. talent, you know, and the boys, the boys that, that held him up and realized his talent. And, yeah, and, and and they were all, but they all could, you know, it's not just Mercury. Mercury is the oh no 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 no, and the movie's very, the movie's also very uh, clear about that, and life's very clear about that. Yeah. Um, you never got that feeling that he was uh, above them. You you could say it wasn't Freddie Mercury and Queen. No, I never ever thought that. I I read the those album. Um, um, liner notes mm-hmm. as I was listening to the music. Yeah. Uh, one day, I, one week, we used to get an album a week when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my sister once traded me her choice. Mm-hmm. So I got Night at the Opera and Day at the Races on the oh. same day. Yeah. And they were both double albums, opened mm-hmm. up, read the lyrics, who who played what instruments, mm-hmm. and then always run in the corner and said, no synths. No synthesizers, yeah. ever. No Until synth- they got to the game. Yeah. yeah. And then they added synthesizers, and that's when yeah. people say they, they kind of lost it. I think they were more creative. I think they were just as strong creatively then mm-hmm. as they ever were. They just adapted to the times where a lot of people couldn't. The Stones could, but a lot of your, um, um, like uh, Led Zeppelin couldn't. No. Um, they were riding their old catalog yeah. for forever, you know? Yeah. And that's Yeah, really there are some bad. bands that when they, when they start using the synthesizers, like, oh, right. yeah, it just didn't fit. But Queen was able to bring it on and use it and... The Who tried, but yeah. they they were a little too tepid. You know, yeah. the Who the Who could have made it in in that age, uh, but they had a few. But a lot of their later stuff is a little. And under- honestly, Queen would probably still be going strong today if it weren't for the the very sad early well, death. The of, great, of, the great, of yeah, Mercury. great. You're right. The great thing is though, um, there are some people and they've tried it and it's actually been successful. I've heard Adam Lambert 
uh, who was on American Freakin' Idol, of all things, mm-hmm. um, he, trou- he he toured with Queen for a while. Mm-hmm. And I hear he was quick, kick ass. Yeah. Uh, and everybody still remembers, um, and I do remember, one of the greatest uh, moments of my life is watching the Freddie Mercury tribute in Wembley Stadium after he died. Yeah. And they brought out um, Annie Lennox and uh, and uh, David Bowie saying Under Pressure, mm-hmm. uh, which was brilliant. And then uh, the last person I'd ever expect to come out and sing Somebody to Love was George Michaels. Mm-hmm. And he nailed that song because he has the range. He has the, the power, yeah. the voice. Yeah. And at the end scene with the whole audience, you know, somebody too, and they do that love. It, yeah. it just, your heart goes. You yeah. know, Freddie was looking down and saying, yeah. You know, because Freddie and the audience speaking back to him was was huge in his life. And it's a part of the movie, too, that, that you get a sense of that he is really, it's not about his ego in a way. Not like a, it was for Michael Jackson, right? Yeah. You know, everything is, is not like when you see a Donald Trump, it, you know, it, that's that's pure ego on, on display. Yeah. Uh, but for Freddie, it was about connecting with the audience. And so when they spoke back to him like that or they finished a song mm-hmm. or started a song, um, you just knew mm-hmm. uh, that you'd reach them. He was, able to, he was able to take that and, and, and give it back. And, and, you know, that, that whole, you know, like they, they, they talk about, performers talk about that. You feel it from the audience and so you give it back, you know, and, and that's, right. you know, actually I was, I was just reading up stuff. I was reading up about Queen today before the show. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Kurt Cobain uh, said publicly was that he was wishing that he could be like that. He would see Freddie Mercury doing that, taking the adulation of the crowd. And it was something that Kurt Cobain could never, could never manage. Because he wasn't, he would never put himself out there so much mm-hmm. as to risk them not liking him. Mm-hmm. You know, he did so, uh, Kurt Cobain did so little, really, compared to Freddie Mercury in terms of the performance, mm-hmm. that he didn't give you a lot to love back. No. Freddie gave you his soul. Mm-hmm. He danced, you know, the way he pranced and dressed and, yeah. and you know, you're, you, like every eye in the room was on him. Mm-hmm. And he rewarded you for that. Mm-hmm. By by your by giving you what you you know and it's one of those things that I'm glad I grew up in age when I saw guys like that you know a gay man I'll say yeah. or a Paul Lynn or somebody mm-hmm. right and I never would think uh, I hate that kind of thing whenever I saw an feminine man I I would think creativity mm-hmm. I'd think oh I'm going to be entertained either he's going to make me laugh or he's going to sing me a great song mm-hmm. because this guy's got some talent right yeah. and I never understood the hatred for that because those I want to be next to gay people when I'm creating because you know them bitches them bitches is honest you watch Project <laughs> Runway there's I, nothing worse than a gay bitchy um, um, fashion designer uh-huh. you know there's the only thing worse is a, is a gay and bitchy hairdresser you know <laughs> that's why you that women there's some advice from Calvin get your hair cut by a gay man because women hate women right if yeah. any bad haircut you women have ever had came from another woman uh, well they just, yeah. a gay man will never mess up your hair 
Okay. They love women. Good advice. For women. What about for men? Oh, for men? Actually, I would go to, I would go to a salon instead of a barbershop. Yeah. Because barbershop, you get, you know, the only military cut the guy knows how to do. Yeah. So if you want anything with a little creativity, or you go to a black barbershop, even yeah. if you're a white boy, yeah. right? But you start talking when you get in there, because if you're a quiet white boy, you might be dead, but you got to entertain. you got to be yeah. part of the conversation. <laughs> you got to say things. You don't say things like Rosa Parks just shut her ass down on a bus, right? <laughs> you know, because you know, that doesn't work if you're the white boy. But I, I, yeah. I've gotten my hair cut in some uh, ethnic um, um, hair places, and it was, it was uh, you got to really get into the 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 atmosphere of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, but usually I would go to a salon and have. Uh, I used to have this this gay hairdresser. He was awesome. He was the best because yeah. he understood hair, right? Yeah. And I was losing mine, and he kind of uh, extended its life uh, long enough for me to not care about it. Okay. Well, you know, you and I kind of both have the same sort of affliction, but you know, yes. What can yes. we say? I mean, we're we're. Well, I have a good know. head for it. I have a good skull for it, so yeah. I'm quite happy. See that. me. I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. No, yeah, I'm just a poor boy from a poor family. That's right. <laughs> I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family, sparing his life from this monstrosity. Um, we get our hair, our hair cut with a bowl on our heads. Yeah. Right. Okay, now hang on. We said we weren't going to do that, so we're not. Gonna okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some of the music, though. I mean, uh, you know. Day at the Races, Night of the Opera, both of them named after Marx Brothers movies, just for right. trivia. Right. Um, early songs from those albums, you know, fantastic oh, Bohemian, stuff. Oh, God, Bohemian Rhapsody, We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions. We um, Will Rock You. I mean, that was, now that's this, that's this iconic sort of thing where they, you know, boom, 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 right. boom, boom. And I was actually reading an interesting article about that. It's actually all them. They didn't bring in a crowd. Nope. You know, it's, they didn't record a crowd. They actually, it's just them. They overdubbed themselves over and over again with delays. Right. To make it sound right. like it was a huge crowd stomping their feet in this auditorium. So it's just all four of them clapping their hands and stomping their feet, which they overdubbed and overdubbed and overdubbed. Right. It just sounds amazing. It's like amazing. It's very powerful. It's almost Beatlesque in the way that they 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 played around with sound, mm-hmm. right? And they they combined it. Yeah. And they were all very good sound engineers to begin with. Mm-hmm. So they knew what sounded good. Yeah. Right, and they knew, and, and in fact, you see a lot of that kind of uh, creation in the movie. And Brian May said he wanted uh, something that the audience could could clap back, because mm-hmm. they had an early experience where the audience sang back one of their songs to them, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it just blew them all away. Yeah. And so he wanted some, he wanted a crowd anthem like that. Mm-hmm. And I gotta admit, Will Rocky was brilliant. It's you know? a brilliant crowd anthem. Uh, oh, and it, and it fits sports, you know, that yeah. brings in that crowd. Mm-hmm. It just, it, and it came at the right time. Yeah. And of course, uh, Will, um, uh, Day at the Races, Night at the Opera are both double albums. Yeah. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, uh, this, uh, when I was looking at the songs and I'm trying to choose what are some of my favorites and things, I just can't do it. I know. There's just too many of them. I mean, even the songs that I, that I'm not really that, well, from that early album, for instance, Bicycle Race. I love that song, but mm-hmm. I, I I always hated that part where he comes on and says Jaws was never my scene and I don't like Star Wars. Right, right. Because <laughs> back then I was a big Star Wars fan, so I was like, oh. mm-hmm. but it's still a fantastic song. Right, um, and of course, and fat fat bottom girls. Oh, fat bottom girls make the make world the go round, man. Go round, yeah. And you thinking why is this song even on this album? Does it make sense? Yeah, okay, it does because they never repeated themselves. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. He does this song called um, it's on uh, Queen Jazz called Mustafa. 
Yes. Uh, and and it's, it's kind of Arab rock. Yeah. It starts with the Arab call to prayer. Hey, but I hear, you know, and, he, and yeah. he's got the voice for it. When I was in Air Cadets, we ha- used to have to get up and out in three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And that means up, bed made, butt teeth brushed, in your uniform, on a parade score, three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And and it, the the guys used to the the sergeants used to just scream at us in the hallway, right? And you're freaking out already just being woke up, right? Yeah. And so we got it in our head that we needed a song to kind of start this out, right? Mm-hmm. And I grabbed Queen Jazz and I said, Sergeant, this is the song you got to play in the morning to get everybody going and up, right? Mm-hmm. And if you ever heard it, it's just you know, na 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 na, right? Mustafa, right? And it's just it's all this air. air Arab stuff and it just moves like a so it's like almost like speed metal mm-hmm. but it gets your ass out of bed right when they hear this you know at the yeah. beginning yeah. Allah Allah will pray for you hey da, na, 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 na. and we get out of bed and we do all that stuff to this song right mm-hmm. and he had the ghetto blaster and he pressed the button and that's what we woke that's, up that's to that's what you woke up to that's what we woke up to all summer mm-hmm. and and so that's one of my, uh, my, my that, that song that a lot of people won't know it. It's kind of obscure. But every time I see Queen Jazz and I think Mustafa, I think of jumping out of my bed and having to take a pee before I, I got to pee myself on the parade square, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But you got your ass out and we're like, no, 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 Mustafa, Mustafa. You know, we're all like singing this song that we don't even know the words to, <laughs> right? And then, and it goes, and it ends like that. And yeah. we're out the door and down the stairs, right? But we had until Mustafa ended to get our asses down to the parade square. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, and it's a good thing that was Mustafa and not Bohemian Rhapsody because that's like oh god, eight minutes. minutes. I would have languished. Minutes, I would have yeah. said, "Where is my Danish? Where is yeah. my coffee?" Yeah, you've got lots of time. Six minutes. Christ. Oh. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? Bismillah. No, we will not let you go. Let him go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let him go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Yeah, and, mind and you, green, we're, we're not going to talk about that because, you know, Francis what? says no. Oh, yeah, no Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, but you know, she'd say, get angry, and when she's angry, you know, thunderbolts. Well, away you suffer. I don't suffer. She'll tie her out halfway through the mountains, man, <laughs> you know? And she'll take a nap and get to me three days from now, and she still won't, she won't be mad yeah. by then. She'll just realize she has to walk back, so I'm fine. But you, okay. you... Yeah. You, you got a target on your back. Well, Mike Myers is in it too, and that's kind of a nice, oh, really? circular thing. He plays this EMI executive. Who? who? And again, I'm going to do the annoying Canadian thing. Mike Myers, okay. who is Canadian? Oh, please, as Canadian, yes, so Canadian, he's Canadian. Yes. Um, of course, in Wayne's World, they have the great scene with Bohemian Rhapsody where they sing, basically sing the whole song. Yes. And it comes from his childhood where they all did the um, "Mamma Mia, Let Me Go." Oh, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. Yeah. And they all did their own parts. And if you did somebody else's um, um, part, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, what was what's the four words he does? Um, Galileo, 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 Galileo Figaro. Yeah, every, yeah, everybody had their own Galileo, right? Mm-hmm, right? So he did do another guy's Galileo. Yeah. Right. If he wasn't there, you, no one did it, right? Yeah. If he wasn't in the car, but there are always four of them in this Chevette, yeah. right? And exactly. Course, yeah, and, and he re, he redoes that scene in Wayne's World, and then of course he's the guy in the movie going, "No one will play." Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. <laughs> it's six minutes long, right? <laughs> and of course, you know, famously, you know, he was wrong. But Mike Myers, he brought that song back when it had kind of 
uh, faded a little, right? But yeah. that song was huge again when the when the Wayne's World soundtrack came and out. And of course, there's that you know when when the after they do the you know let me go, let me go, let me go, and the music, the guitars kick in, and they all do the headbanging thing. In the that's right. That's hilarious I mean, stuff. It's iconic, right? Uh-huh. It's it's iconic. And now, when who does like, who does Michael Myers play in the movie? Uh, he plays this a record executive for EMI. Okay. That they're, that they're trying to convince to uh, give them money to make an album. Okay. Um, now, because uh, I was reading an article about Bohemian Rhapsody, um, right? Just we'll we'll just do this a little bit. Um, Kenny Everett, who is a a radio DJ in Britain. Yes. Uh, when I was in I I was I was in England. I spent summers there, and I would watch Kenny Everett's video show. This was after, this was the 80s, after he'd done, this was when he was, this is when I first got introduced to the concept of the video. Okay. And one of the first videos I saw was actually from ELO, uh, Wild West Hero, actually, <laughs> oddly enough, was, but, and it was Kenny Everett who introduced me to the whole concept of videos. This was okay. you know, late 70s, early 80s. Kenny Everett apparently was a, a good friend of Freddie Mercury's. But anyway, he, so he, apparently he heard the demo for Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, they told him, I said, I got the song, it's six minutes. And Kenny's saying, oh, you'll never get radio airplay, it's six minutes long, you'll never, no one will ever play it. And then he heard it, and it's like, you know what, forget what I just said. This is brilliant. And so, before the album was released, Kenny would say, I've got this song, I've heard this song. There's this song that I've heard that I can't play. I can't play it, because right. it's not released yet. I can't play it, but it's a fantastic song, and he right. built it up and built it up. And finally, he just like, one day he went, oop, and oop, my finger must have slipped. And he played the song. He played a, just a clip of it. And everyone said, who, where's that song? Who, who does that song? You know, so Kenny Everett kind of pushed that, that song, you know, and they said, this is, this is going to be a big, big, huge hit. So he was. See, that's uh, brilliant that you bring that up because that's actually a, a scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, You're My Best Friend was going to be the release. The A side was You're My Best Friend. Yeah. The B side was Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Freddie took it with a little bit of wine to see his buddy. Uh, wasn't it Ke- Kenny? Kenny Everett, yeah. Kenny Everett. To see his buddy Kenny Everett when he was on 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 the air, yeah, you know, and they're they're you know got a little drunk, got a little tipsy. Freddie knew how to how to work it, right? Mm-hmm. So he he kind of got past that kind of uh, um, uh, record company uh, prejudice. Mm-hmm. So you're right that that was the exact that was the guy who released the song. So and, they did do and, that scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah, they do the scene in the movie, and it's it's very it's very good because after what they've been told, right, by by this this big time record executive, right. Uh, you know, Freddie just goes around him like yeah. Freddie would do any time. Right? And at the time, you know, it was like well, you're right. I mean, no one's going to listen to a six-minute song. I mean, despite oh. songs like, or you know, maybe Paradise for the Dashboard Light, which is which is a very long song, and that's and Stairway to Heaven. A, you know, right? They said, but you know, you can't you can't have a big long song like that. But they did. But he mean right. came out, and it was a huge hit. Big huge hit. It was like it was like Blinded by the Light, things like that, where it was just it was different, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was it, people recognized right away that there was something special there. Yeah. And it just it, the way it begins and especially the way it ends with the gong and you just you just feel ah, you're drained after it almost. Yeah. You know? It, it, it runs the really, gamut of human emotions and it as really you said, does. It, it just like a human life. It, like a and it's, human and life it's does. Freddie Mercury's Freddie Mercury's tied into it, that. It is. And it's funny that the movie I, I that that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is that it it gets that point that there is uh, a soundtrack to our lives and sometimes in this case, creatively with all, everything else stripped away, you can take Freddie Mercury and that song, and that's the life of one individual mm-hmm. with its highs and its lows, right? Mm-hmm. It, it starts quiet, it ended quiet, but in the middle, it just it 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 
did things that you never expected would happen. And that's the joy of, of music. That's the joy of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I could find that <laughs> because, <laughs> because sometimes when I see it like this in a movie and a movie again, I was predisposed to hate yeah. because I, I think I'm the greatest. I'm one of the great Queen fans. I have all their albums, albums, mm-hmm. you know, even the ones people said you shouldn't get, you know, yeah. like, uh, um, you know, the game and things like that. Um, Radio Gaga, I love Radio Gaga. You know, you that's, know that, 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 actually, I, I, it's funny, the song's been through my, going through my head all day today, and it's actually one of my least favorite songs. It's one that I didn't play yesterday when I was playing Queen songs, but, but you know... It's still a good song. I mean, it's, you know. and I, right, and I love it because they used a lot of that footage from Metropolis, the 1930s and, movie. And, and pretty, that's another thing. Okay, actually, let's talk about Queen and the movies. Okay, because Queen actually contributed a lot of stuff to to different movies and science fiction films. Right. The first, which of course is they they did the soundtrack to the 1980 version of Flash Gordon, which was perfect because Flash Gordon is so campy, mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous that without a a, a kind of uh, almost um, diametrically opposed soundtrack. Like Queen is the last group you ever think would put out. I, I think Lord of the Rings before Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially this goofy Flash Gordon. But the the music is great. And it, it the and it, it kind of overshadows the movie in a lot of ways. It, it does. Uh, it's better than the movie. It's almost like the Batman soundtrack mm-hmm. that Prince put out. But it was different because they integrated. The, the you know the soundtrack usually is just the music, but they 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 had clips from the movie. You know, it was yep. the whole package kind of. Yep. You know, I mean, they were let, just you know, involved. It, it made people very excited about a movie that I don't know whether they would have. You know, I mean, apologies to Sam J. Jones who you know was right. fantastic in it, but you right. know, it's like Queen. I think you know really kind of made that. I believe they did. It was almost like somebody took they did the soundtrack and then they made the movie based on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's funny. The soundtrack the was definitely one of the. Uh, it came out. The movie came out in 1980. I was 15 years old. Uh, my birthday. I absolutely wanted the soundtrack, and I made absolutely no secret of it. I told everyone, right. "This is what right. I want for my birthday." The soundtrack. You know. So of course, my parents, you know, get me the soundtrack, and then of course, all my friends show up for my birthday party. <laughs> and got, my best friend Gary Thomas, who's, who's now author G.W. Thomas, uh, you know, he walked in the house and he heard it. He had it under his arm, and he heard it playing on the on the radio player, and he's like, "Ah, shit!" Because <laughs> he's got the album. Well, no, they all had it. <laughs> Everyone got it for me, and I, you know, it was like, and it's, it's, and that again, the, the, the opening that you know, they've got that very strong opening, that boom, 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 and then yeah, and that's what Roger Dean he doesn't get enough. Um, is it Roger Dean? Hmm? Roger Deacon. Uh, Roger Deacon. He yeah. doesn't get enough respect as a bassist because you listen to the beginning of a lot of those songs, mm-hmm. you know, do do do. Dun, dun, you know, another one bites the dust. Or yeah. flash. Dun, 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 dun. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of those bass riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is. You know, he never gets any credit. He gets okay. I wrote "You're My Best Friend," right? Yeah. Which is practically a, a Beach Boys song. Yeah. You know, almost right. Um, but no, no. He he. Again, you're dealing with four guys who understood their part, right? And he certainly did. Yeah. So it, actually, that's yeah. So John John Deacon. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he wrote You're My Best Friend. He also wrote another one, Bites the Dust. Yes, he did. And he wrote I Want to Break Free. Yes, and and again, Want to Break Free was one of the very first videos that MTV refused to play because mm-hmm. everybody was in drag, which was Brian May's idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because Freddie was in drag in a mustache and just talking, I want to be free. And yeah. so they were all in, in, in drag. Yeah. You know, again, at the time, oh, my goodness, Queen is trying to convert all our boys into being LBGTTT, <laughs> right, before that even started, right? Yeah. And they banned that video, and it's so innocuous, right? Yeah. Like, 
ban right said Fred, right? <laughs> I'm too sexy for my shirt, right? <laughs> ban that garbage. Yeah. Don't ban, you know, I want to break free. Because I want to break free is a good song, right? Yeah. It's one of those ones that you'll hear and go, yeah, okay. You know, I can see why it's on the radio. Giorgio Moroder did a musical version of Metropolis. He released right. Metropolis with a with a rock soundtrack. It wasn't right. wasn't the um, definitive release of Metropolis, but it did, not yet. It, it it did get into the um, into the uh, theaters. You know, I saw it. We went. I went a bunch of my buddies from UBC when you know we, we went well, out was these your film study it. days when you these when were back in UBC. my film study days. Me yeah. too, and that's why I love Radio Gaga. It, it takes me back to university. Film studies class, watching Metropolis silent, mm-hmm. and then watching the video of Metropolis with this uh, this soundtrack, this modern soundtrack yeah. by Marauder, um, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a movie guy like me, it was just a great, and it, it led to more. Actually, because they made a lot of that money, it, it made it made restoring a lot of these old films worth it, mm-hmm. um, and it brought that back to focus. So a lot of things got saved. Because of how successful this, because uh, who, who who cared about Metropolis, right? Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, film once, studies geeks. But once you know it's out there and exists, Fritz Lang and how brilliant he was, mm-hmm. you just go, "Whoa, I gotta know more about this movie." Yeah, right. And and because of the, I mean, people derog, you know, they deride the Marodio, Marauder version, but it was because of that that it became into the public consciousness. And now it was because of that that you were able to have the the recently released. You know, integral version that was done with the original. Because they found, they, yeah, they found the footage that yeah. would, that had ever been lost. And I, I, I had I, a copy of it in German, and then they, then it, they released it in English. And I, yeah. Oh, when you see the, like, when you see uh, the almost, like, it's like King Kong. We get the such the edited version of mm-hmm. Lang's vision, mm-hmm. his genius. You just go, whoa! It's like it's like making Citizen Kane and cutting out the the, the rosebud scene. Right? <laughs> in a way. When you see the full movie, right? Yeah. You just go, oh, this is so much better than whatever I saw. Yeah. You know, the hour and a half version, right? Yeah. Where you half the stories kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you just because it's silent movie, you, you cut it some slack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, it, it really spurred a lot of movie restoration and things like that. And again, you're right. Queen had a lot to do with that too. Mm-hmm. So when I see Radio Gaga the video and I see those clips from 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 that, and when he's talking about radio, it's it, you know. It, I don't know. It just—he almost saw the future and the past. Mm-hmm. You know, he just had a had a gift. He had a gift for it. Yeah. And they were a great group to jump into the video age because three guys didn't give a shit, and one guy really gave a shit. Yeah. So image, uh, he he, I wouldn't say micromanaged their videos, but he did it in such a way that he knew what he liked. Mm-hmm. And when Freddie liked it, everyone else knew. Okay. And of course, it, the, the iconic video for Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, no. it was one of the early videos. I ever, saw. Just, you know, I ever saw that. I saw it on the Midnight Special yeah. in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And, and I was always remember that Minifico yeah. and that face, the blue face, kind of, you know, the, the digital Yeah, the, the, that, that digital sort of f- feedbacks of effect. With the, yeah, you know, yeah. the early, few that they could do. You know, pre, uh, pre-digital effects, it was. And it's part concert film. It's mm-hmm. part the performance. It's yeah. part – and the Galileos with the lighting mm-hmm. and their faces, that's iconic. Yeah. Um, you know, that look. It was one of the uh, early – it videos. was one of the very, very early attempts to to do a music video. And again, I remember they showed it on the midnight special. Mm-hmm. And it, um, I want to think it's the same night that the spinners were were on because somehow they put that and Rubber Band Man together. <laughs> I don't know why. That's an odd combination. When I saw Rubber Band Man in Infinity War, yeah. right? I saw that, and then I'm thinking Queen the whole time, yeah. right? Because the spinners. So, um, or, yeah, it was the spinners. Um, so it, they they said they were going to show this 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 uh, film uh, Queen. Queen was going to be on the Midnight Special, and we all thought it was going to be a live performance. Yeah. Right? 
but they they gave up live performances after be, had to lip sync one time. Yeah. Uh, when they were on British television, and it did not make them happy. Yeah. And they didn't even play their own instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how bad you know. That's how they they vowed never to do it again. Mm-hmm. So they created this for Bohemian Rhapsody again to prove that even television would play a six minute video of and, our song. Yeah. And they did, and it was one of those things that the Midnight Special, it got so requested. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I saw this, and I think back, and I go, if I would missed this in my life, there would be no way for me to ever see it again. Mm -hmm. You know, unless, how could I? Unless they read, there are no VCRs yet, right? Or if I was lucky and thought about it, maybe I could have taped it on beta if I was a few years into the future, right? But you it, that wasn't even part of your consciousness. No. That's why you, you saw the shows you did because you know you if I don't see it, I'll miss it. I'll never see it again. Mm-hmm. And that was our lives back then, kids. Yeah. But now you yeah. go to your YouTubes yeah. and you watch your honey boo-boos. Yeah. Uh, or, so, or you can see the video for Bohemian Rhapsody on YouTube. It's on those. Right. Degree, That's right. You know, not you that we're going to talk about that because we're not. No, we're not. Because, but yeah. if you want to and you want to defy yeah. uh, Francis and her edict. A rebel, defy, defy, yeah, well, fight the rebellion, no. fight the rebellion. If you want to do that, um, and of course, people die in rebellions. We know we it know, happens. Yeah. So yeah. you join a rebellion, you join it knowing full well that she may strangle you yeah. <laughs> if you bring you know, it up. But, and you know, violence company. happens, right? You know. Oh, it you, does. You, people you fall down the stairs you know, all the time. Like my dad would say. Head, you know. <laughs> My dad said people are involved in a tiger attack in India every day, yeah. <laughs> right? So <laughs> every day in India, someone's attacked by a tiger. Yeah. So you just never know what will happen to you out there. Never know. No. Um, and, of course, I, I, you know, while we're talking about movies, between 1980 and 1986, they didn't do a whole lot of movies. 1986, Highlander comes out. Now, they yeah. didn't have a whole lot to do with the movie. No. Highlander was just this, like, you know, it's like, well, who, we don't know what this is. We're just going to put it together and we'll just throw, you know, Queen will do a song for it. And they and they did Princes of the Universe. Right. I, I loved Highlander. Highlander, you know, made a big splash. Not so much the sequels, but um, it was, uh, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. But that was, I think, one of the, you know, it's like you're, you're watching this movie with swords and, and, and uh, right. know, Sean Connery's in it and, and Clancy Brown and, and, uh, uh, Christopher Lambert, you know, playing yep. the hero, and, and you know, you're sitting in the dark theater, and then suddenly, you know, the screen's blank, and it's like that's all you hear is that here we are, right? You know, born to be kings, you know, and and, and there's that that song comes out, and then of course later on in the, in the in the film, Who Wants to Live Forever, which is very which, poignant, very poignant, and even the video for uh, yeah, it, the the video for Who Wants to Live Forever is clearly Freddie um, saying I'm dying and. Who wants to live forever anyway, right? Yeah. Um, and who's got forever anyway? You know, who who dares to love forever? Like, how, how arrogant are you to think that you can live forever mm-hmm. and love forever, right? But yeah. that's the dream, right? That and that's what makes it so beautiful. I mean, I I, I that when I do, did my post um, of the the songs, the memorable songs, um, that definitely is is that video for that with the with the kids and the, and the choir and, mm-hmm. and you know, and we can have forever, we can live forever. It was like the whole band, everything was just, it, and we all knew he was dying then. We knew yeah. he was dying as AIDS and he didn't want to be the poster boy. He didn't want to be the bad example. No. Uh, he wanted to go with dignity and class and he, of course he's wearing that tuxedo um, and he just looks um, magnificent mm-hmm. like he always did. And he's, he's strong and he's got that, that, you know his posture and just the way he 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 would he would serve you a note right mm-hmm. or a line 
Yeah. Um, you just, well, I was inspired in a way, you know. And even today, like I listen to that song and I watch, that's one of my go-to, mm-hmm. go-back-tos. Yeah. Because there's a lot of wisdom in, in his music and there's a lot of wisdom in this movie and there's a lot of wisdom in Queen, Queen in, to begin with. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lessons that can be taken from it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that I was part of their music and they were part of my life because, yeah. uh, you know, again, where am I going to see Brian May and, and tell, tell, you, you know, DeGrasse Tyson that you don't know a planet from a planetoid kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's you just know? it. I mean, after, after the Queen's and just, thing ended, yeah. like, I'll go back to astrophysics and, you know, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. just, I'll just school. And I'll be fine. I'll be fine with DeGrasse it. Tyson on the status of that's Pluto. Right. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, that's fantastic. And, of course, the others are, you know, pretty much retired as well, Roger, John yeah. Lincoln and Roger Taylor. Yeah. No, oh, God, they must be in their 70s by now. Yeah, but this is certainly, you know, so this is certainly bringing them sort of back into focus, this movie. Um, as it should. As so you recommend should. people go see it? I do. Go see I the think movie. this is another example. Don't listen to the critics. Yeah. Um, you know, I know people are, are yipping and yapping about uh, A Star is Born. And, again, I mentioned before, I, I cannot see it. Because uh, uh, Bradley Cooper was Rocket Raccoon, yep. and I love me some Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga. I've always loved her stuff, Bad Romance, and she's absolutely beautiful and cute in this movie, and she's so appealing um, in the trailer. I cannot bear the mm-hmm. sadness I know is coming at the end, yep. um, and I don't want to know about it. I don't. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it one day. Like one day, I got sucked into Titanic, but I can't do it. I, you so, know, yeah, and, and A Star Is Born has been done so many times. I, I hear it. And really again, you know, talk about restored version. Actually, I, I did see the restored version of the one with um, Judy Garland. Yep. They yeah. actually did a, they had a very, it's a long four-hour movie with James mm-hmm. Mason and, and Judy Garland, and they had actually some Who scenes watch, where they, they had the James audio, Mason. but not, the, not the, 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 the motion pictures. They would right. just play stills while they played the audio. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real, that's I, a real I, restoration. I think they played it on Turner Classic Movies one day. Cool. And, and yeah. James Mason is good. That voice, right? Yeah. I want to be James Mason's cat because just <laughs> call him, call me over with that voice, right? I just <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I definitely recommend it. If you're a Queen fan, if you're a music fan, if you're a fan of creation, if you're a fan of, of just, you know, learning a little bit about something that, that will, will fill your soul mm-hmm. instead of fill your mind, yeah. right? Or fill your eyes for, for and be, uh, Forgettable. Yeah. I think this is this is a really good movie, and it's it's not getting the um, what it deserves. I think people want the you know ten hour uh, Netflix expose right that shows you know the gay orgies and all that stuff, and, yeah. and you get none of that right. Yeah. You never see Freddie engaged in any kind of behavior that would have led to him contracting the HIV virus. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not about that. But if you just want to see a good movie about a good band and a triumphant ending mm-hmm. to their career in a moment of time in history when everybody was watching, anybody with a TV was watching that live, Bob Geldof's Live Aid concert live aid, for yeah. Famine in Africa. It, mm-hmm. it had the biggest stars at the time who the music and the video generation had done a lot to create. Mm-hmm. And all the big ones were there that you can imagine. And you know who else was there? Mm-hmm. And this will blow your freaking mind. The last group I ever expected, R.E.O. Speedwagon. When they said that in the movie, uh, the guy's going, everyone's going to be there. David Bowie. Uh, what was it? Well, he goes, goes, David Bowie, the Rolling Stones, R.E.O. Speedwagon. Like he says it without taking <laughs> R.E.O. Speedwagon. Yeah, and nobody went, R.E.O. Speedwagon. What the <laughs> right? hell? What yeah. the hell? They had one hit. Come on. Yeah, okay. really, well, you know, everybody had uh, that. Yeah. I, I, just, I, really rem- I just remember Bob oh. yelled off, but, you know, I, yeah. I 
I, I mean, I know, I know I watched it, but I just all I can remember is Bob Geldof and the Boomtown Rats closing it off. But that's um, right because it was his idea. Yeah, yeah. And he did, did. Do they know it's Christmas? Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. At the same time, so yeah. it, it was um, it was a moment. It was a moment in history, so, and, and I was there. I saw that set, and when yeah. I watched it again on YouTube, it was amazing. I watched it a few days, so when I watched the movie, it was amazing that songs were all the same in the set. Everything in, that was in that set mm-hmm. was on stage, and I couldn't distinguish between, like, Ryan Malik is doing things that Freddie Mercury did, even little things, like he moved a, a tissue box. Yeah. Right? And I remembered that at the piano, and then I went, oh, crap, Malik <laughs> moved the tissue box. Yeah. Right? And I went, yeah. oh. So, it, it, you know, it, it just, there's moments like that that blew my mind, and yeah. happily so. So, again, I, I may not be the best person to say, um, some people might go and say, I hate this movie, but I loved it. If you love Queen, you're going to yeah. be very happy. And so go see the movie and then pull out all your old Queen albums. And if you got them on vinyl, all the better. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, uh, right. If you got them on vinyl, all the better. Read the liner notes yeah. and, and go back in a time when, when life was simpler. Because there are so many good songs. Oh, you, you forget. You can Soundtrack even, of our lives, man. Yeah. Every song has, a, has, a, has two or three good hits on it. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, I was looking at this guy. This guy was a do. He did all the all songs, all the albums. Gave him a, a grade out of ten. Um, uh, that was a lot of work. But yeah. at, uh, then I was that was just looking through, so I was making sure I didn't forget any that I liked. Mm-hmm. Right when I was putting together my thoughts on 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 this. Yeah. But yeah, it's just uh, what a discography. Oh yeah, yeah amazing. I mean, that's and definitely the one I would take with me on a desert island if oh, I had for sure. a choice. That's um, that's my group. Oddly enough, uh, it's funny that in, in other in a reference to them, um, the BBC is coming out with uh, an adaptation of um, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's book, Good Omens, okay. which yeah. stars uh, David Tennant um, as, uh, as a demon named Azrael. And I don't know if they're going to do this in the series, but I, I read the book a long time ago, and one of the, okay. the demon Azrael uh, drives this old sort of muscle car. And he buys new, he's got a, an 8-track player in the muscle car. Okay. And he buys new 8-tracks all the time. But every time he puts them in for a while, they'll play what they're supposed to be. But eventually, they all become Best of Queen. So, <laughs> so it's like he pulls out this 8-track, and it's turned into Best of Queen. And so he's got, it's like, any 8-track he buys, he'll, he can only listen to once, because eventually they'll just turn into right. Best of Queen. <laughs> that's good. Which that's is good. A, I don't know if they're going to do that in the, in, the, in the TV series, but that's a funny bit and that from, is, from the novel. That's a, good, fun, that's a good funny bit. Yeah. Because what else should they turn into, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. What else are you going to listen to? Yeah. Unless you get the, the Best of the Eagles? Come on. Best of the Eagles, yeah. Even uh, though that is the number one album of all time. Is it Best of the yes. Eagles? Yes, yes. Greatest Hits. I did not know that. Yeah, more people yeah. bought that. <sighs> more people bought that than they bought the Flash Gordon song. Yes, yeah. and they bought anything by that Michael Jackson guy. Okay. There was a controversy on The Real Housewives of New York with Luann as she dresses Diana Ross and she made her skin look darker than it really is. And people said that that was racist. And I don't know, I thought like, 
who doesn't love Diana Ross? She wants to look like Diana Ross for one day. I, I don't know how like that got races on Halloween. Megan Kelly blackface fiasco. Oh my God, this Megan Kelly. I'm so I'm so sick of entitled Aryan-looking white blonde women. Mm -hmm. I mean, on TV, there is something that happens to them where they just lose their goddamn minds. Mm -hmm. And it's become they become rich and entitled, and they think, I can say and do anything because I'm pretty. It's the same reason they think in high school. Yeah. I can say and do anything because I'm pretty. And I'm the one that would tell the pretty girl that get back on your broom and fly home because we're sick of you being a witch, mm -hmm. right? And of course, that doesn't make me friends with the other girls, but I just had to say it to her. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's like that freaking um, um, Carrie, not, uh, uh, Carrie Underwood, mm -hmm. another one. You know, I, we've talked about that freak. With, with the scar, that, right? She, she right? scarred. With the scar that doesn't exist. You can't but see every it. every week there's an MSN story about how she's bravely fighting this scar. To her, mm. she thinks her face got ripped open. She's yeah. worse than Dr. Doom, that girl. So <laughs> Megan Kelly is on her show, right? right. Her very low-rated uh, show. And, of mm. course, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly carried the water for Fox for a long time. She was and a she, basically... Pretty blonde news reporter amongst a sea of pretty blonde news reporters. Right, but Fox she was news. their queen. Yeah. She was their Iva Braun. Yeah. She was the one that is supposed to have some credibility because maybe she'd once in a blue moon say something bad. So she leaves, then, she leaves Fox. She comes to CNN and says, I'm tired of politics. Let's just talk, right. you know, let's just talk like human beings. <laughs> yeah. But, but the of world course, is you know. No, not, you with, not with Trump. Yeah. Not with Trump. Right, and she's so te she's so tepid that she can't pull a, a Kathy Griffin, right, mm -hmm. and cut off his head and cover it with blood and and make you know something like that, right? No, this was the hill she chooses to die on. Yeah. She doesn't choose to to go after Trump. No, like Whoopi Goldberg, you know, who don't give a shit mm -hmm. what she says, right? Which she should be. No, she has a friend that's from the the Real Housewives, and her friend was getting and Luann, Countess Luann, which is even worse. The countess. She thinks she's a countess and it demands people call her countess. Mm -hmm. There is a, a C word behavior right there. Okay. okay? Well, yeah. So the woman who this is all about is even despicable. Mm -hmm. So, so she starts bitching that her friend got all this trouble because she wanted to go as Diana Ross because she had a white dress that looked like the one Diana Ross wore mm -hmm. uh, with, and she had a black afro and so she had to do blackface so she could be a good Diana Ross. Now, first of all, Calvin says you can go as any other of a number of frickin' singers in a white dress. Yeah. You do not have a constitutional right to be a black singer. Okay, mm -hmm. go as Aretha Franklin then. You know, stuff your dress, make yourself fat. No, you couldn't do that, could you? Yeah. No, with your black face. No. You could only be that night, you could only be Diana Ross because you got that in your head. Mm -hmm. You could have been a frickin' Teletubby. Doesn't make a difference. By putting on that black face, you are showing everybody I don't give a shit about this this issue. Mm -hmm. uh, either I'm ignorant, I don't know about this issue or I do know about this issue and I don't give a shit, which is even worse. Because mm -hmm. you just don't, um, even in these ages where you're saying PC is crap, right, and there's too much PC, there's some things you just don't do. I mean, I would do a hell of a good Al Jolson. My <laughs> mammy would be would have him crying in the aisles. But I don't do it because I know that the colored side of the man mm -hmm. would put me down for yeah, it, right? Well, yeah. Would beat me down for it as he should, Yes. right? Because as a white man, I'm not entitled to that, yes. right? Because that comes from a time where people wore pith helmets. Um, may, uh, Melania Trump, right? Yes. Just things like that just drive me insane. Okay. So she makes a big deal about this on her show with her her um, um, her team, her her discussion group, who mm -hmm. all three are white, of course. Yeah. You know, one is gay, one is female, one is Latino, but all three are white. Yeah. So they have no. So she goes and says this. Of course, she comes out and has to apologize, you know, 
12 hours later. She's gone 24 hours later. So mm. they were looking for an excuse, but she gave them one on a silver platter. She, and that's yeah. just dumbass. Yeah. That's, that's dumbass controversy. Well, so you basically, she was, you know, trying to justify her friend, Countess Luann. <laughs> Countess Luann, exactly. Countess that's Luanne. how, see, her, her see how it's, I mean, why the, why can't the Countess be black-faced? Yeah. Once 90 year. Why can't one 90 year the white man get a break? <laughs> And get to be black-faced and racist. Oh, you know, yeah. Why can't on thing. Christmas Eve, when I'm looking for, for packages, can't I not push a black man and use the N-word, right? <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. I get to use it one, one you know? Yeah. You know on, on Saturday Night Live, it's, it was so funny, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Michael Che, right? Yeah. He's got it in his contract that he's allowed to use the N-word four times mm -hmm. a, a season, right? Mm -hmm. And so when Kanye West was visiting Trump and they were talking about it, mm -hmm. he's going... Uh, Lauren, I want you to know that at this time I'm using one of my N words, right? And uh, so this four boxes came up, and one of them went ding, it checked off, right? <laughs> and then he went on to this rant about Kanye, where he used the N word about him, right? Mm -hmm. like, like N word, you're stupid, right? And that's how it kind of started, right? Yeah. Um, so it, I thought that was very funny because no way Colin Jost, the white guy sitting next to him, who looks like he came from um, 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 National Lampoon. Right, is going to get away with that. But the fact that Michael Che negotiated into his contract in case he needed one, right, uh -huh. in his back pocket, I think was was very empowering for for the black man, you know. And and so that's, but the fact that she she blew it all on this, right? Yeah. On, on finding that hill to die on. I yeah, mean, that's please. It's like nothing really matters to him right now, including me. You gotta think real hard about this. So you got people that need you now. I'm taking the fight. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. Creed 2. Let's talk about Creed 2. Again, another one that looks interesting. I didn't think I'd like Creed 1. Um, now, I, you know, the Creed the is interesting. Okay, you, 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 know, you had the Rocky franchise. Rocky was huge. Rocky, big, 1976. Yep. Rocky comes out. Big movie. Huge big movie. movie. Wins the end Oscar. Of, end of Stallone's career practically was almost over. Um, he was he was at his, his lowest point as an actor, as a performer. Mm. Couldn't even um, make it as an actor. Oh, I mean, God. Really. Yeah, that's right. He was not, you're not a good-looking guy. Yeah. Right? He wasn't going to be a heartthrob. He wasn't going to be the action star you, th you thought he was going to become. No. So he writes this little movie. He gets the guy who directed the Karate Kid to, to, at later on, mm -hmm. um, John Adelson, I think was his name, mm -hmm. um, um, to, to help him out. And he puts together this this, this comeback story. Yeah. And so, the brilliance of the comeback story is yeah. he doesn't win the fight. That's right. He, 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 loses. he loses. He loses. Loses to Apollo he, Creed. Right, Apollo Creed, who's played by the brilliant Carl Weathers, of course, who who just had this charisma that Rocky didn't have, but Rocky won you over yeah. by his sweetness and his sincerity and everything else. Brilliant movie. So then this is the movie franchise that that there were four Rocky, you know, four four Rocky movies. Oh, six. So with the six Rocky, there were six, six Rocky, Rocky so movies. Like, it, it, ran it ran its course. It ran its course. And in fact, and now the, joke, it's come back. the joke, the joke was always like Rocky twenty three, right? That was yeah. When anybody made a, a, a film joke, that was one of the Rocky twenty three. Yeah. But now it's Rock come back bad. with uh, Apollo Creed's son. Right. Uh, and Rocky is now B. his Jordan. coach. Yes. Played so by Michael come up B. Jordan. Sorry, Played by Michael B. Jordan, who yeah, was Michael uh, B. Jordan. Who, yeah. Yes, who was Killmonger in the Black Panther. Michael B. Jordan and is on fire. 
on fire. He's and he's very in this with the, as Creed. So he's come back right. in Creed 2. Now, Creed 2 ties back to one of the early Rocky films, Rocky One of the four. best Rocky 3s, Rocky 4, yes. Rocky 4. Where with, Rocky, and this was during the worst of the Cold War, you remember. Now, I remember it because I was there. What, in the Cold War? I was there at Rocky, <laughs> I was there on, I was in Rocky 4. No. Seriously, I was. What part? I was in the crowd. Yeah, are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. I spent a day watching Sylvester it, Stallone and um, uh, the guy who played Ivan Drago. No, if uh, you're shitting me, I can't I, talk to you ever I'm again. I'm not you shitting you. That. I was there. They fed us. They fed us Church's chicken. Uh, Church's chicken. Yeah, I was there the whole Where day. It was a sweltering day. It was in the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver. Uh, it was a right sweltering day. Okay. We all had to wear these big, heavy coats because yes. we were supposed to be Russians. I was yes. actually just below the band. Did you have a fur hat? I had a fur hat. I had a fur hat. I was I was wearing a coat and I kept which I kept having to take off because I was sweating like crazy. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what was your name in your head? Were you a Boris, Ivan, or or, or Yuri? Mikhail. Mikhail, okay. Mikhail, what am I thinking? Yeah. Okay, that's good. But, Calvin, um, yeah, no, I so there there I was and and you know uh Oh my Sylvester friend. Stallone was there. He told us the story because it was it was the 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 final fight, you know. Right. And um you know, Ivan Drago comes in with the with the big fanfare and the band is playing and he's, they've got the flares and stuff like that. I, you know. Right. And we're all cheering for um uh now what was the name of the actor who plays in uh the name Dolph Lundgren escaped me. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph. I remember one of the girls near us. You know, I, could, I hear her saying, "You know, oh, I can't. How can I cheer for this someone else against Rocky? How can I cheer for someone else against Rocky?" And then she gets a look at Lundgren and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so yeah. Like she's cheering this guy, and we, so we're all cheering for uh, Dolph Lundgren, and, and and then you know they do the little fight. You know, uh, right. they're 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 sparring. You know, they, they don't hit each other. They didn't. But did you see the part where he goes down? Uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't part? there for okay. the whole time. Okay. We we were just there for the big crowd shots, and then as they, you know, as the it, it, they shot for six days. Okay. Were you there when he did the one with the flag? If I could change, then you could change. <laughs> no. Part? I, I was okay. there when the when Drago comes in. When Drago first comes in, the first when Drago first comes in and the fight begins, that's me. Good. That's that. Re- my respects, my brother. Respects. And, and they had a uh, a guy who was um, uh, playing Mikhail Gorbachev. He was a Gorbachev lookalike. Right. Okay. He was actually Russian, and he told the crowd. He said, "Here's how you salute. You know, here's how they do it in Russia." And right. So we were all doing the, the Russian salute, and yeah, no, it was a fabulous day. I spent the whole day there. Fantastic. With, uh, watch, and I got to watch uh, Lundgren and and and, um, and Stallone spar. So now that Creed Two has come out, Lundgren comes back as Ivan Drago, older, right? Right. And his Bitter. son, yes, is now a boxer. And you know what? This is the guy, and and Lundgren now, and you know Lundgren is the guy who killed Apollo Creed, right? The, yes, the he did. Drago. Because Rocky didn't want to take the fight. He didn't want to take the fight, but then Drago kills Apollo Creed. Yes. So now Creed, Michael B. Jordan plays young Creed, and this is the guy who killed his father. Right. And his son is right. He's going into the ring and he's risking his life. Right. He's and again, you got a lot to lose, yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah. Rocky had a lot to lose when he had the kid, and remember Rocky three. Uh, why he kind of lost his edge, right? Yeah. Because he had Adrian, he had the kid, he had uh, all his fame and the, mm-hmm. the new body. Remember how cut he was in, in, in three, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. wasn't the doughy guy he used to be. Yeah. And when, 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 and of course, uh, when you see Dolph Lundgren in, in, in four, how cut he is and brilliant. Oh, yeah. He, and he's um, huge. I, he is he's, huge. He's a huge man. That's right. He's in, you know, six something. Yeah. Um, uh, again, another very smart guy, like intellectually wise. Yeah, a chemical engineer. 
there, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we're talking about these intellectual actors today. Yeah. But I, I've seen um, previews. I've seen people talk about it. it uh, it's getting very strong reviews, not only for Jordan, but for this, again, like they found Mr. T. They mm -hmm. found this this Russian boxer, or I think he's from Slovenia again or something, right? Yeah. The Slovenians, um, <laughs> like Melania. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, a really, he looks like a threat. And, of course, he's got a foot or, or three on Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah. And Michael B. Jordan good at playing this kind of conflicted character. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it and, and again, and, and Dolph, I guess, he, when he lost that fight, he was persona non grata in Russia mm -hmm. because they don't tolerate failure. So yeah. uh, Rocky ruined his life, and now he's got redemption chances. Everybody all around has got issues, and so I love for me, that. For me, I, I, looked at, I saw the preview for this, and I thought, wow. Yep. This is a yep. movie I gotta see. I thought so too. I and, didn't think, uh, oh my god, they're beating this dead horse. No. It, this is going just the way it was supposed to. Yep. Rocky has now become Mickey. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes, that's right. Be, that's right. I'm chasing a chicken next, right? Yeah. You know? Now you got speed, right? <laughs> so that's, uh, now November 21st is when that gets released. Atlantis has always had a king. Now it needs something more. A hero. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Your brother is about to declare war. We must stop him. Sounds like fun. Let's do it. I'm nobody. But I came to save my home and the people that I love. Aquaman. DC comic character Aquaman. We've already seen him on screen in Justice League. Jason Momoa. Again, there is no more charismatic human being on the planet, I believe, right now living than, than Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa when, is fantastic. I, oh, you know. when I see pictures of him with like couples or or when they do these fan pictures, yeah. a lot of times people are just standing there, you know, mm -hmm. click the picture. He he almost performs these little the vignettes, right? These little tableaus, right? Yeah. He'll he'll work out something with the with the guy and his girl, right? Mm -hmm. And and he's really into it. And he treats those fans that few seconds they get to see him like they're the most important person in the world. And he knows, I think he, because he's known all his life, look at me. If I don't get into the movies, I deserve to just be shot because I deserve to be on screen. Yeah. I'm a beautiful looking man. He is right? a, uh, he's a tough looking, I mean, he's got the scars, you know, those scars oh, are real, right? Those, well, God, when he picked up Bruce Wayne or Ben Affleck there, right? Mm -hmm. You know? I hear yeah. Dr. Fish kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's he's not he's serious when he wants to. When yeah. he, even Drago was a pussy compared to this uh, this Aquaman, right? Yeah. Now and it, he was, uh, you know, he, he played Conan in, in the 2011. Yes. Not yes. a very good movie, but he was a great Conan. He was a good Conan, yes. Uh, great yeah, course, Game of Thrones, first mm -hmm. season of Game of Thrones. And he did several seasons of that one in Canada, which Frontier. I never saw. Frontier. Where he, which now, I, I saw a video good. of him, actually. It's funny, he's... Um, one of my passions is dark beer, Guinness type, type beer, right. and that's one of his passions too. He's, he's a very big fan of Guinness, uh, oh. and I, they showed a video of him practicing in, in, in somewhere in Canada. He was practicing throwing axes, so he's like drinking Guinness and throwing axes. And I'm like, <laughs> man, and this is and actually I did that this summer. This summer I went to uh, in Kelowna, I went to a, a, a beer fest in Kelowna, right? And uh, they actually had a, a, a cage where you could throw axes. Are you sure there was a cage, or you just picked up an axe and started tossing one? No, no, I had to sign drinking. a waiver. I actually really did have to have to sign a waiver. Okay, good. But actually, I did pretty good. I got I got two of the axes in the target. The other one sort of went south, but didn't know. Only turn once, right? You only make it turn once, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you that's the that's the thing. That's you can't turn it too fast. English, but uh, yeah, when you're but then you know I, again, this was but halfway through the I I, I saw the axe throwing. And I was like, I want to do that. I so totally want to do that. But that's I got to get really drunk first. 
So like professionally, I, so I went, I, I did, you know, did the beer fest for a while. And then I went to the cage and it's like, I stood in line and I was like, you know, Francis and I were through the axis. She was actually pretty good. She got, was she, you know, was she thinking you were dreamy after that? You were no, lumberjack? she was just hoping I wouldn't, you know, was she kill someone. or yourself, because then it would yeah, be embarrassing myself. if you knocked yourself out with the other end of the ax, yeah. pulling it back. And she had to drag your sorry ass out of the cage. Exactly. Because no one else would. Yeah. Drag me to the cage. <laughs> But I'm not married to him. Anyway, I'm so Jason Momoa, there's, you know, he's throwing axes, drinking beer. He's my hero. He's my, you know, again, for white straight guys like us, we always oh, have yeah. a man That's crush. Right. They always say That's a right. man crush. That's right for him. Yes. He's one of my man crushes. Yeah. Yes. But um, so here he is, Aquaman. Now, this is this looks huge and oh. very wet. <laughs> yes, huge and wet. And again, they figured out a way to make it look okay under the water mm-hmm. because there's a big illusion, right? Yeah. That you, you, ca- you can't fake that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is that scene where they show the, the, the Atlanteans, they, 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 there's a, a rush of water and they all stop and then they cheer. Mm-hmm. That's clearly CGI. Well, yeah. Because there's something about human beings, um, that I've heard that we look at a human face and in a second, with, there's 10,000 points of reference, uh, at least that our eyes register, right? Mm-hmm. So we can tell if somebody's human or if they're digital. And the computer cannot yet figure that out. They can do objects, they can do hair, they can do almost everything, but there's something about the human face um, and the way the body moves that they, it, it just, our minds cannot be totally convinced of it yet. Yes. Which is amazing, considering. Um, but again, with those effects and what they can do, it, it looks fantastic. Just it, everything that they can do now with computers. Those creatures of the sea we're going to see that we've never seen before. The look of Atlantis, which is Wakanda, um, wet, you know, <laughs> wet Wakanda, basically. Yeah. Which is nice. I like that whole idea. Brother against brother, you never lose with that idea, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, of course, the end scene of the trailer where he walks out wearing the original uh, Aquaman gold shirt and green pants and yeah. gloves and and carrying the trident, and you just go, okay, this makes this is great. That's a kind of it's kind it's like Thor Ragnarok kind of superhero movie that's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Yeah, and I think it's going to be bright. It's not going to have any of these dark effects. Yeah. Um, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a killer. It's gonna d- destroy out it, there. It looks a lot lighter, a lot, a lot more humor. Right, and Momoa's great at that. When, yeah. when he, you know, cause he's great at breaking down. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of his charm. Yeah. Is, uh, I, I've seen, I have this picture that, um, I, I wanted to use for my, um, uh, uh web, w- w- wallpaper, and I just haven't yet, but it shows Henry Cavill. He's standing there. I think it was the Justice League movie. And he's getting his picture taken in the tux and everything, and he looks awesome. And then you see behind him Jason Momoa kind of like crouching up to get him, yeah. like you know how a toddler crouches, to, like or a cat crouches yeah. to kind of pounce. And he doesn't know he's there, right? And he's kind of sneaking up on him. But you caught it at the right moment where Cavill's kind of posing like the. But you know, a, a half a second later, he's going to get jumped by this this yeah. man monster, right? <laughs> Who's going to start loving on him and stuff like a like a like a, a Saint Bernard, right? Yeah. And it's such a great picture. Yeah. Um, and of course, I've seen the ones come after, and of course, they're both, you know, overjoyed with each other. But he yeah. just seems the kind of guy who should be in the movies because you would just love him. Because when yeah. things were getting tough in a movie, he'd make some joke or he'd be, you know, he just seems like a professional guy that he realizes the power, what I, who I am brings, you know, way I look. Right? I'm not going to be selling Starbucks. You know, <laughs> I don't deserve to be. I'm Jason frickin' Momoa. Jason right? frickin' Momoa. I would give him, if I was, like, if they cast me as Aquaman, I'd go, no, I can't do it. Cal, you got to. You are Aquaman, <laughs> right? 
guys, I'll take this, I'll take, I'll work, you know, I'll take the deal, right? Uh, but I can't take the movie, right? <laughs> what do they call it when, when they pay, pay for play? Right? Pay for play, yeah. I'll pay for play and I'll, I'll give you some advice, but I, I can't be on screen. You know, I'll do the voices, but I can't be on screen. You know, but I have this friend Jason. You think he might work out? He's a little more charismatic on screen right, than I am. Yeah. Right? I'm more of a radio guy. Yeah, <laughs> old old timey radio guy. Yeah. So if you want to go back to 1920s, I'm your boy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you want to go under the seat? Not for me. No. I used to listen to people asking for help. That's what I was trying to do, was help people. But I was fooling myself. Darkness only responds to darkness. I'm Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil, I'm still in the middle of, and um, I'm just Se- loving it. Season three of Daredevil? I'm on episode four. Um, again, I, I'm rationing myself to one a day, like I did with the last Punisher, because yeah. I can, I will barely be able to stand it when it ends. Um, Bullseye is amazing. Mm-hmm. How they invented, how they brought him in is great. And uh, D'Onofrio is the kingpin. D'Onofrio uh, is the where kingpin is his kingpin. Emmy nomination? Yeah. The guy, the guy played, um, uh, you know, Detective. Uh, Oh God, the Special Victims Unit. I loved him in that. Yeah. Okay. But D'Onofrio was very good in that for years yeah. and years. And um, uh, anything he does, Full Metal Jacket, um, fantastic actor, uh, playing totally to type. Um, he is the kingpin now. He is Wilson Fisk. Uh, he, he has crossed that line for me where I want to see him now be in the Spider-Man movie. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. be the guy manipulating from behind the scenes. I want that kind of crossover, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it's it's he's, you know he's, Mar- Marvel had uh, you know Stanley had a he may not have meant to be a genius, but you know things kind of worked out that way for these characters. They can all intermingle and live in each other's universes. Yeah, I, I would love to see Donofrio play the Kingpin in the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Just to find the the one scene that I remembered that uh, what's his name wrote uh, uh, Bendis uh, when Spider-Man was in the Avengers, um, he went after um, the Kingpin. The Kingpin said, "Look, I'm going to be out in, in by tomorrow." He goes, "Yeah, where are you getting the money, buddy?" You know, they froze all your accounts. Well, I just licensed your image. You can't believe what the action figures get online these days. <laughs> but, of course, you could tell everybody who you really are, and that would nulligate my, my, uh, you know, my, uh, my ownership, right? Uh-huh. Or you can just watch me walk out the front door, right? <laughs> and Spider-Man was just, he was more pissed that he lost the toy business, right? Yeah. But, but Kingpin had franchised all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, because he, he couldn't admit who he was. Yeah. So Daredevil so, season three definitely worth a watch. It's a watch, and even those bums on and uh, do you ever listen to the radio show The Couch Potatoes? I haven't heard that. No. Okay, it's one that's on on the weekend, and they talk like us movies and television, mm-hmm. and and I like to think we're better. Okay. Um, and they they're probably some nice guys, but sometimes you got to make way for the new. You got yes. to sweep out the old, and if someone has to do the wet work, well, I might need an alibi. Okay. <laughs> to get rid of these two, well, but th- that's my kind of dream for a show like that. But they, it's like they don't care as much as we do. I don't think. No, they don't have the love that the cave this week from the Cave of Cool does. Yeah. Although um, we didn't make the we, we had, didn't make the list of new best new podcasts, but there's still what time. was that about? There's still time. What was that? That's only one website though, and it's I don't think it's website. authoritative. No. Yeah, I need to I need to go to the source. I want to find the website or the podcast central guys. Mm-hmm. Or sites that I could speak to directly. 
because all of this waiting for them to find me is like waiting to catch a giant tuna, right? <laughs> I know it's going to happen because you're going to edit it onto the show to make it happen, yeah. right? But they're not going to just dump a tuna in the water. Someone got to find a tuna first before you can film it being caught. Yeah. So someone goddamn with a little bit of power better find us because um, I'm five in and uh, you know I might just get get uh, frustrated mm-hmm. with this with my genius and you don't want me to do that because then the whole the whole production suffers really. Yeah. Do it my right. way. <laughs> do it my way. Do discover way. us. Yeah, you know. Discover us. Take us. I'll take him with me. Pay us what we ask for. We'll not be unreasonable. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us do what we want to do, and the world will just run nicely, and you won't fall down a bear pit when the bear is in it. You won't. Ha- it won't happen to you. Exactly. Not that that happens, but hey, in Russia, <laughs> people fall in bear pit every day. People fall in bear pits all the time. Bear pit all the time. You know, it happens a lot in Canada. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> so you don't go out yeah. in the winter without your boots on, because yeah. you might encounter a bear. And yeah. if you're in a bear pit, your feet are gonna get cold. Well, if you live that long. This has been a COC production.